0: This is the Car Dealer podcast driven by CarGurus. You want the best return for your advertising budget and CarGurus piston heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites. Connect with in-market high-quality buyers today and turbocharge your digital forecourt. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and tell them we sent you. Welcome back to the Car Dealer Podcast. If you haven't listened before, we pick our favourite stories of the week and ask an industry guest to choose whose stories were best. Welcome back to James Batchelor from Car Dealer, who will be choosing the stories with me. How are you today, Batch?
1: I'm very good. Thank you, Becca. I'm very, uh, very looking forward to this because, of course, the last time you you and I were on, I won. (laughs) So um, I'm I'm looking forward to sort of um, upholding that.
0: Yes. Okay. good. (laughs) Uh, This week, our guest is Hendy Group boss, Paul Hendy. Welcome to the show, Paul.
2: Thank you, Becca. Thank you for having me on. Hello, Batch
0: how are you today?
2: I'm very well I'm excited about uh, today's contest and I'm in the invidious position of having to vote so a bit nervous. (laughs) Um, It's not like it's not like
1: Eurovision Paul don't worry the way to the nation's not on you don't
2: worry. worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So how are things going in the business at the moment?
2: Yeah very good I mean uh, probably like everybody uh, last year was was exceptional Um, with you know with the tailwinds that we had we've had a uh, exceptional year last year uh, the first quarter this year continued in the same vein um quarter two we see a slight softening with some of the headwinds that are starting to come at us but the general sentiment is that it's 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 still good um great in fact in certain areas which is which is fantastic so uh, still extremely positive for how i think this year will turn out
1: uh, Paul, are you are you uh, are you in the same camp as, as as Robert Forrester on this, really? Who who regards 2021 as being a bit of a it's, it's a, a moment in time, unique set of circumstances, and uh, we can't really expect to see those types of profits ever again.
2: Um, I, I think we'd all like to aspire to that level of profitability. Um, uh, why not? Um, I think we work hard and we deserve it, and we want good return on our investments and selling, so on. So. But, but will we experience appreciating used car values? Um, probably not. Because I think that was, was absolutely extraordinary and, and, and not something that the industry has ever seen before. So I, I, I think there were certain dynamics that we will not see again, for sure. Um, and the government support was obviously extremely helpful and so, and so on and so forth. But I think as, it, uh, as, as everyone's business evolves, matures, As as and when you buy businesses and integrate them, and they they improve potentially as a result, that's what we're hoping to to maintain and sustain our level of profitability, um, rather than maybe some of those rather unusual but very welcome tailwinds that we experienced last year.
1: Yeah,
2: and of course, none of us want to have another pandemic again, do we? So let's. (laughs) Uh, No, I think that that's um, that that's not on anybody's agenda for the future anytime soon, is it?
1: Yeah, and it's a very difficult thing to plan for as well, isn't it? I mean, it, you can't plan for it, so you've just got to make 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 good on, on a unique set of circumstances, really.
2: You certainly can't plan for it. Um, we've now got the history of how to deal with it, and I think as an industry, that's collectively, OEMs, uh, dealers alike, I think we dealt with it brilliantly, quite frankly, and got through it, and we should give ourselves a little pat on the back for that. We don't do that often enough, but I think the way it was handled generally was was pretty pretty fantastic
0: really. looking at um what happened through those years you actually kind of grew your business in quite interesting ways took on i mean looking at the you've got the performance part of the business Moke is probably something that people wouldn't have risked on during um, a yeah. difficult time but what what made you want to do these things
2: um uh, a confidence that um we'd get through it i think that's an important thing um, we obviously didn't know how long it was going to last, but you have to be positive that you, uh, we, we've got a remarkable team, I have to say. Um, so there was there was an inherent underlying confidence in, in the team and the business. These were clearly things that we were looking at and had been looking at prior to uh, the pandemic and going into lockdowns. So once you get over the initial um, need... To really focus and knuckle down on on every hour of every day of every week, as we were doing in the pandemic, and, and things become a little calmer as you start to see your way through that, you can pick up some of those more strategic things that we were looking at, shall we say, with, with an increased level of confidence that we should look to continue to pursue those and bring them to fruition. And um, delighted to say that we managed to do it. I mean, it was quite interesting and clunky at times trying to negotiate or put some, some deals together um, virtually as opposed to, as you would expect, getting around the table with, 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 with relevant parties. Things took a little longer, whether it be with lawyers and, and so on and so forth, for all the right reasons, because it was, as I say, different, um, having to do things uh, virtually in the main. But um, you know the end goal was there and in sight, whilst of course continuing to run the business as efficiently as one could um, in a difficult time. So you, you just, I don't, you know, we, we, just, uh, we just we just used used it as as real positive energy to to get these things done as the business was really starting to to get into improved health and it was. An interesting distraction it was a it was a different time wasn't it for everybody you know, yeah it was, definitely it amazing really I yeah. actually Paul Paul I actually saw a moke uh yeah.
1: last weekend actually it's um I was just coming up to a brow of a hill and in the opposite direction this moke came flying yeah. over this hill and the yeah. guy driving is bright red and the guy driving had an absolutely enormous smile on his face and I thought <laughs> "Yep, yeah, you're doing life very very well
2: aren't you yeah um, that match, do you know everybody who drives one, everybody who goes in one, you just cannot, for whatever reason, stop smiling. And, okay. I, and I was going to say, but I bet the driver was smiling, and, and you've just said he right because they're just it's, it's a bit of fun. Um, it takes you back in time uh, a little bit, and um, they're, they're just just a joy. Uh, a joy to behold so you know we we do extremely well with it it's 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 relatively small modest numbers of course yeah but it's quite nice isn't it to do something that's just a little different and of course down here on the sunny south coast um he says as it's raining outside <laughs> um you know but we're selling them to be fair all over the, the, the country to, to people who who, who want them, want them for a caravan park to take customers around to country parks to, to, to customers who just want to drive around at weekends in them, briefly it, it's fantastic really but as, as you say there um uh, the driver had a smile on his face uh, and a, absolutely that is the sentiment from all of our customers who've been buying them it's been great
1: yeah i mean it is it is an interest i mean i think it raised quite a lot of people's eyebrows when they heard that you were going to be the sole uk distributor for the or the sole uh, dealer for them because of course it's very different from what hendy group started out doing you know selling selling Fords essentially and you know it's quite a you know it's a very different type of customer whereas with with moke i mean i bet the customer walks into the showroom and you don't have to sell to them at all do you they want the product end of and they're they not going to leave without it
2: <laughs> well certainly I, I i think you know we're, once you've had a test drive in, in the sunshine and enjoyed it um, the majority of people certainly want to pursue it so it's Look, we, we provide mobility, and maybe it's just a different, slightly different bit of mobility, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, we're in the entertainment business, aren't we, sometimes? And it's great to be able to thrill and excite people and keep them happy. So, Lovely to see the smiles on the faces, isn't it? It's great to see yeah. what we do.
1: We'll have to come down and do a video with one, I
2: think. <laughs> oh, you know, that's, hey, you should do. You'll uh, Well, you'll enjoy it, I can assure you that. Yeah, so, yeah no, do that. It'd be great. It'd be great. <clears throat>
0: Okay, let me explain how the quiz is gonna to work today. Batch and I have both chosen our five favorite stories that have appeared on Car Dealer this week, and we don't know what each other have chosen. We're gonna take it in turns to reveal our stories and have a chat about each one. And at the end, Paul has the final say on who is the winner. So as Batch has already alluded to, he won last time he was on, so he gets to go first.
1: Gosh, the pressure's high now, isn't mm. it? It really is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, I'd like to start with something which um, has been spoken about. It's been rumoured for quite a while, and it finally happened this week, and it's um, the opening up of Tesla's superchargers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, I mean, it was it, lots of people have been talking about this because it is a momentous thing. And as we all know, Tesla very much led the way in terms of uh, EV infrastructure. Um, and by them opening up there, uh their network is is a is a is a sign that they they want to assist they want to fuel probably the wrong word to use there but assist in uh in this well we've got an infrastructure problem in this country haven't we and um you know the infrastructure wasn't quite up to speed even before covid but in the last two years Especially this year, there's been an explosion in new electric car sales, hasn't there? So, um, yeah, so the, the the story that we we actually ran, well, we've run it today, actually, is, uh, is a survey from electrifying.com who, who say that um, they think that this opening up of the infrastructure of, of Tesla's supercharger network is going to cause a surge in electric cars because uh, they've quizzed 1500 people and found that 81 percent of drivers w- would be more likely to switch to an EV if they could use Tesla's superchargers I'm sure there's quite a quite a few Tesla owners out there who may be feeling a little bit hacked off because of course it's been a huge USP to Tesla hasn't it um but I think I, I think this I agree. I think this this will open up the market a lot more and I think it will encourage a lot more people to choose electric. Um, it's not going to be cheap. Um, I mean, if you use a supercharger, a te- Tesla is saying it's going to cost 60p per kilowatt hour, which yeah. by point of reference, um grid serve is 45p. So um yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting survey and I think it's 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 a really interesting thing, this. I think it's coming at the right time, because personally, I think we are facing a summer which we've never really experienced before. Um, You know, people are going to be going on holiday a lot more this year, um, obviously, with things a lot more opened up this year. And with this surge in electric cars, I think if you go to a holiday holiday destination like Cornwall or Devon this year, uh, I think the queues for electric car charging points are going to be absolutely Uh, terrible so the more charging points open to more people it can only be a good thing
2: really can't it
0: what do you think paul
2: well i I think Batch's final sentence that you know can only be a good thing can't it um i think you know it's it's a pretty magnanimous um decision there that tesla have made Uh, i think it will chime to the the notion that more people are considering ev and and Range anxiety is still there, albeit improving. But then also, you know, those that are doing long journeys who don't want long stops because they're, you know, they might have a, a, an issue to be somewhere within a certain time. Clearly, the supercharge is going to be a massive benefit to that. So I do think it's a magnanimous move by Tesla. Shouldn't be underestimated that. I think it will help Tesla in their brand equity. I think they're being good corporate citizens for doing it. I think the the Tesla customers, yeah, I get that, that, you know, it was a USP and if they can't then get on their Tesla charger because there's a queue in front of them of of of, of other products, that, that's an interesting one. It'll be interesting, uh, you know, let's see how that plays out from uh, from a customer satisfaction point of view for the Tesla customer. But, but certainly what we are seeing uh, the industry is seeing more um, interest, inquiry, more purchasing of electric product. It, it's becoming significant, isn't it? I, I also think that, dare I say it, in a few months, within a couple of years, I think there'll be more superchargers available of other, other makes and models, uh, not just the Tesla superchargers. So I think it will catch up. But but a good good as I say good corporate citizens there from from our people from Tesla so good timing mm. great
0: timing is that what um you've obviously got a few few brands with great EV products is there anything yes. that's particular popular particularly popular with your customers?
2: Oh, I, I mean, I think that you know. Be unfair to single out across the 20 brands that we've mm. got but, but and, and obviously with the, the demand anyway uh, everything we have on order pretty much is on order with a with, with customer's name against it um mm. yeah so it's you know we've got the kia ev6 the hyundai iconic on it, it, it they're, they're all They've all moved on, haven't they? there, there there's some serious. I mean, the Megane e-tech e- e- that went out. Um, they opened their ordering tables just last week before the weekend. It's, the, the reception has been fantastic, absolutely amazing on a national basis, not just for, for handy oh, customers. Brilliant. So it's, but but the cars now they're they're pretty cars, aren't they? They look, mm. they look the part. They they drive well. They're, they're different from some of the products we might have seen. Um, initially so uh, a very exciting time isn't it I think I think there's more excitement around the subject uh, now than there was as I say maybe five six seven eight years ago
0: definitely should I do my next story
2: yeah good for it
0: okay um, so I have gone for um, a story I just find very interesting and I think probably because I've talked so much on the podcast about um, online car sales and how we shouldn't we shouldn't count kazoo out and because carvana have done it in america but obviously this week well for the last couple of weeks we've been covering that things aren't going too well for carvana now um and the latest news we had this week was um, that they've been banned from a state i think it was was it illinois or something they were banned from operating in yeah uh following them letting go a lot of their staff because their share price has massively dropped um and they don't seem to quite be alone. I know um, this week we ran a story that James wrote saying, is is it kind of not working out for these brands? Um, and obviously we spoke last week about um, Robert Forrester speaking to Batch um, and saying that actually his online car sales were only a small part of their 89,000 um, online sales. So I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Paul. What, what is the future of car sales? Is it online or offline?
2: Look, look. I was on record, I think it was within within the last two years, maybe 18 months ago. We're going to see a blended approach. There's absolutely no question about that. And, you know, omni-channel is, is a, how it may be being referenced, where we, we will see customers who wish to transact online. Absolutely, they will. Um, my personal opinion is that we'll still be, in the totality of the market that we see, the minority of, of customers. The majority at the moment, still will want to, yes, do their shopping, investigation, uh, forensic work online, as one does, but we still see a significant uh, population of our customer base who enjoy the process of coming in, talking to the sales executive, whom they already may have a historical relationship with because we are part of the community and we do a lot of repeat business. They wanna come in, they want to look around, they are spending significant sums of money. So they want to spend time on the process and get it right. And our job is to facilitate that and help them point them in the right direction. There are so many different products out there now, whether it be hybrid, full EV, battery electric, plug-in, petrol engine, we still sell some diesel. So that that choice, there needs to be some, some guidance, some consultation, and that is done far better than over keyboard, come in, talk to us about it, spend time doing it, and enjoy the process. So for sure, some customers will want to buy online. Absolutely get that. But they will want that uh, physical experience where we can help them, the test drive, et cetera. And and I I think, you know, and and where where the the dealerships now, these amazing facilities that we've all got, there, there is absolutely a brand experience that the OEMs quite rightly want the dealers to immerse their customers in to get that brand, that ownership, that, that feel good. And, and that's what we do. I said earlier in, in the piece here that, you know, we provide joy. This is a mm. wonderful experience. People are spending lots of money. So, so let's, let's make sure that that is something that they go away from feeling, feeling great about why not. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I totally agree with Robert. Um, and and we've all improved we that's hendy that's many other data groups improved our online position and and quite frankly we had to why because that was our only way to market during lockdowns and we moved within 10 short months what might have taken 10 years mm-hmm. we all did that and yes uh the the, the kazoos of this world uh, you know circling that Absolutely. But as I said earlier as well, as retailers, as OEMs, we we do a great job and we moved and pivoted our businesses almost overnight, didn't we? Now, as things get into steady state rhythm again, yeah, we're doing some online. It's a small percentage, but it's there. We can do it and we'll absolutely fulfill it. Um, We'll deliver it to your home. All that great stuff, we're we're absolutely doing But on-site for me, is, is still going to be a really significant part of what we do in the future
1: i think that's i think you make a really good point there paul because you know with 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 the big deal groups such as yourselves you've got all the manufacturer support and all the backing you're able to pivot your business very very quickly and adopt to it, it will ch- change the way you sell cars because of lockdown Whereas the brands such as Kazoo etc they've only got one kind of business model they only do one kind of thing don't they whereas you've got the scale and you've got the capacity to change what you do on a sixpence really um and I think that I think that the the litmus test of all of this is as soon as lockdowns ended um customers they returned to showrooms didn't they and they were very happy to get their cars delivered to their homes and test driven and, and uh, you know click and collect and what have you but as soon as dealerships were allowed to work again and trade normally customers were straight back in there weren't they
2: yeah and if, if you look at if you look at some of the, the metrics that you're seeing on the high street now uh, at, at the shopping centers you know people are looking to go out again yeah. and use the shopping experience as a social event uh, as much as needing to go and have, have a look around and do so on and so forth because they want they want that physical interaction as well that perhaps they've been missing over the last couple of years. You know, people are still working at home, but they don't always then want to shop at home because mm-hmm. they want to go out with their friends. So I, I think I think the high street um, generally uh, may see a resurgence on that basis, which is great. Um, but, yeah, we, we drive super tankers like speedboats. You know, we do have to pivot. We're very good at it. We don't give ourselves enough credit. We've, we've got great businesses. We've got great business leaders. Um. Who have to make these decisions to because of the wafer thin margins that we work on? We have to move at, at light speed. The other thing that the online that doesn't get talked about that these uh, online businesses don't have, quite frankly, that we do have, which is a great thing, are big service operations, big body shop operations, big parts operations that all add profit streams into our businesses. And if, you, if you're only trying to run a business on a single profit stream, um, which is online sales, and you don't have I mean, we've all got car supermarkets. Yes, they're online, but they're also physical with with service operations behind them. Those are profit streams that help clearly uh, our business model. And of course, uh, customers making big purchases, big, significant money purchases want the surety and support of those service operations should they need it and to know that we're there. And that's all then part of our our history of how we are as a business as a retailer within our communities as to how we look after our customers because they are our lifeblood and quite frankly we want them to return many times over many generations over so it's not a one-time hit we do things for the long term
0: we'll be right back you want the best return from your advertising budget and cargurus piston heads are focused on the same goal With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites. Connect with in-market, high-quality buyers today and turbocharge your digital forecourt. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and tell them we sent you. Now, let's get back to the quiz. Very good. Um, Batch, do you want to do your next story?
1: Yeah, so talking about big money purchases, um, I want to talk about the new Range Rover. Oh.
0: Um,
1: and as 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 you know, I I could I love talking about Range Rovers, um, and I'm <laughs> even driving the new Range Rover this week, and it is a lovely car. But that's not why I'm not giving you a review of that car now. I'm talking about this story, which which we got about um, the new Range Rover is commanding thirty thousand pound premiums, as uh, you know buyers they want to jump the huge waiting list and as we know waiting lists at the moment aren't very very long particularly well i'm sure sure paul can comment on this particularly if you are a jlr dealer but um but anyway so this story came from we got we heard from tom hartley who recently sold a 22 plate range rover for 30 pounds above list now i was just paul i mean I, I what i'd what i'd like to sort of understand here is this isn't anything new is it i mean you know you know, cars which are desirable, ultra exotic, what have you. They've always, you've always had dealers unscrupulously sometimes, um, and also flying in the face of, of, of wrath from the manufacturers for doing this, flipping cars very quickly to, uh, to customers who want to jump the waiting list. Firstly, I mean, have you seen a lot of demand for this new car? But, but more importantly, does this kind of thing, does it frustrate you as a, as a dealer group or do you just turn the blind eye to them?
2: Um, uh, well, similar to you, Batch, I'm in one this week, and we're not talking about that car specifically, uh, are we? But what a great car! And, and if you did get a chance to do a review on it, it is an amazing. Yeah, uh, you know, it's that classic saying, is They have got that car right, so yeah. I can assure you, it's it's tremendous. Um, look, I think it's a, it's the market dynamic at the moment It's that whole supply and demand curve, isn't it? And it's being seen as a bit of an opportunity profit for those that wish to. To 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 do this, um, it isn't going to last. Um, but it, it's a it's a it's a function of where we are at the moment. Is it frowned upon by the OEMs? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and you you know you just got to be really careful how you handle it because um, uh, it goes back to what I was just saying about um, we we want repeat business from our customers. So. It's a really fine line. It is not something that we encourage, for that reason, that we do not wish to disadvantage any one particular member of our customer base over another. Um, for this very reason, but you know, it, it's it's a it's ever such a fine line, isn't it? Um, I get it, and you know, it's probably been seen more in the premium supercar prestige space where appreciating vehicles I mean some of this is dramatic as you say a 30,000 pound profit at the moment on on that car as a premium is extraordinary isn't it mm. but a customer who is that keen will pay but in in the round it, it's something that uh, we do not encourage, for the reasons that I've said. I'm not saying it's, it. You know, each dealer will make their own decision on this sort of matter, and
0: mm.
2: that's that's how it is. It's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It is because yeah.
1: it's like like you say, it is market dynamics. You know, a lot of this is fueled by what's happening at the moment, but also this isn't anything new, isn't it? it but I think it, it it appeals to a certain kind of customer who wants that car very very quickly, and they want to be seen driving around in it. But the typical customer. When they're spending, well, the, the, the average price for a new Range Rover at the moment is £130,000. That's what a customer, the average customer is spending. So um, they, they want the whole experience. And, you know, Land Rover this week was saying to me that the typical customer experience for a Range Rover, they're taken taking out to lunch, you know, to a Michelin-star restaurant, or they're given a Fortnum and Mason's hamper. Those kinds of things, those, those you know, accoutrements of, of, of luxury living are all part of the whole buying buying experience, aren't they? And the vast majority of people, that's what they want, they? that's what they're signing up to. They want to be treated, you know, treated well by the dealer. So it's so look, it's customer specific, isn't it?
2: It is. And quite right too, when you when you're spending that amount of money, um, you know, you want to travel first class. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to provide and and make sure that the the whole experience is is one and I'm gonna repeat it myself again just full of joy and and you you don't want to be your order to be usurped by somebody else that's just walked in because they can with a bigger checkbook. Now it happens, um, it's happening, It's as I've said, it's a market dynamic. It's there at the moment, it's a very special car, but to the people that are, uh, you know, those customers um, that have waited, they want that proper experience and and we want to provide it quite frankly and we don't want anything to get in the way of that.
0: Very good. I feel like really left out because I've not driven one yet, but my time oh, will come. I'm sure,
2: we can sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> <But
0: yes. laughs> um, oh, I'm going to go for something that's not quite as cheery, um, which is the news from today um, about consumer confidence falling to its lowest level since 1974, according to the GfK Consumer Confidence Index, um, which is this keeps coming up about consumer confidence. Pretty much every week on the podcast um I don't feel it, it feels quite as I don't know if we've just got used to the gloom as they say in this but I don't feel like things feel quite as bad now um but I don't know what you two think are you feeling gloomy no <laughs> in your <laughs> Range Rovers
2: <laughs> no no I think I think I think you're right I think it's easy to report um about uh, you know the, the customer confidence decline the gloom but Um, we're not seeing that yet, yes clearly we are all affected by aren't we and going to be more affected by the the rises that we've been seeing aren't we whether it be the cost of fuel or what have you Um, I think in the main a number of employers have reacted or are starting to react to that to enable that colleagues can you know but whether it be through Pay rises or other help, Um, but I'm with you there, Becca. We're not. It's it's being probably reported ahead of the curve that we're actually feeling it. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I'm not saying it's not not coming. It's not there. There's probably, as I said, there's a softening, but it's it's not a catastrophic. You know, it's not the end of the world, is it? It's we've just got to tighten our belts, and I think it's just something we've got to ride out and. Hopefully, we will do that. I'm sh- I mean by that, I don't mean the businesses, the, our customers. Um, but it's very easy to write and report gloomy stories, isn't it? Why don't we write and report stories that are uplifting and energizing? How about that? No
0: one
2: them.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, I. I <laughs> well, they do. That's. <laughs> I
1: I, I, I had this story as well, and I had exa- this, exactly the same thought went through in my head, Paul, which was we got into this situation, um, what well, similar situation with COVID, where yeah. you, you'd have these doom and gloom stories, and yes, there is a, there is a point to it being reported, but there there is a tendency to talk everything down and just make ourselves depressed it's almost yeah. a self fulfilling prophecy isn't it and i do feel is that i mean i was very surprised when i read this this morning that you know the this it's the gfk their consumer confidence index it slipped by 2 points to minus 40 this month to their lowest score since 1974 that's worse than the height of the financial crisis in 2007 2008 which i know it's going to get an awful lot worse than it is at the moment but I don't think things are too bad at the moment, I'm probably, I, I, I do use that word very circumspectly because there are people who are quite clearly struggling at the moment, but you yeah. look at the airports at the moment, people are still going on holiday, people are buying cars, shopping centres are busy, aren't they? So it's it does seem a bit ahead of the curve a little bit. I agree,
2: yeah.
0: It does feel a little bit like when the news first came out, this, and again it's like Covid isn't it, you get the shock factor, but with things like money once you kind of know what's going to happen you can plan a bit more and it feels
2: yeah.
0: a little bit more like everyone's getting used to it not that it's yeah
2: yeah no Hopefully i agree it, it. it just it does it does feel ahead of the curve as we've said doesn't it so mm. um mm.
0: yes so batch cheer us up i'm hoping
2: uh well
1: yeah. i can't i can't really i'm um, it's a slightly boring subject matter I know but I'm, I'm keen to hear what Paul thinks of this um, another another survey out this week from what car saying that just five percent of new car buyers are considering a brand new diesel and um, I just think that's an incredible statistic really because I mean, it's just that this this fall of diesel hasn't it, and we, you know we we can we know why you know sales of electric cars, you know what have you, and also wh- whenever you switch on the TV or you listen to the radio, all uh, well, those types of radio stations have got adverts on, obviously, but whenever you listen or watch to, watch something, there's an advert there saying, look, have you been missold a diesel? Then you can you can win. £85,000 and all this kind of stuff and I just we've we've really as uh, as a society we've really dragged diesel down haven't we and and the reality is it's still a very appealing fuel type for lots of people and and I just think it's just amazing how we've turned our backs on 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 diesel and you know it wasn't that long ago when when well over 50 percent of car sales were diesels and now we are facing numbers like this so paul i know you you say you still get people coming in for diesels but i, I i'm, I'm I, I would imagine those conversations are, are, are a lot fewer these days
2: uh, 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 absolutely diesel was demonized wasn't it yeah within you know five or six and and as you say, it was 50% of the market and we were encouraging people to go into diesel, but it was, things have changed. Um, clearly, we, we don't see the same level of interest in diesel as we did then. There is still some interest because as you say, for for those customers that may be doing heavy mileage, long distance journeys, et cetera, et cetera, it, it, it's still the better choice uh, within the sort of, ice engine community of product that's that's out there and available because we're back to the range anxiety I, i've got to cover that that amount of ground and diesel is still the best way to do it it is uh, in the minority in terms of what we sell but it's still there but it, it's isn't it amazing how it's now now come back on you know into into as you say, it was reported last week that, you know, d- diesel having a resurgence. Like it's, quite, it's quite fantastic. It's quite amazing. It's quite incredible that we're talking about it. Isn't it? Hmm.
0: I um, actually sat in one of your dealerships not too long ago listening to a customer who um, was disappointed that they couldn't. I can't remember what it was. It was one of your larger cars, um, Ford, that they couldn't get a diesel engine in it anymore. And they wanted yeah. to tow their caravan and um your your salesman did a fantastic job of explaining to them how the petrol engine would be able to manage it um and i think did the deal
2: yeah but again that's that's a classic where a customer's got a a view of what they've probably been used to Mm -hmm. which which was a diesel for towing um and and of course the petrol engine will will more than suffice now in 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 the relevant product but because, of course, the customers got a view on what they historically have been driving and what they want, what they want it for, haven't they? So, mm. I'm I'm really pleased to hear that we managed the job of converting them. Thank you, Becca. Right. Take take note. Well Mystery
0: done. shopping for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, just on that
1: point, I mean, I'm don't you know, I don't want to. We've got to find out who this salesman is now. That's that's yeah, yeah. Follow up to this <laughs> to this podcast, isn't it? but honestly, they they did do. An amazing job because one of my other hats is I I, turn, I, I write for Caravan and Motorhome Club and I I review <laughs> tow cars and if you think there's a there's a tough job in converting the standard customer into an electric car at the moment it is nothing compared to uh, converting caravan owners because they've got this total mindset of they've got to have a diesel it's got to be the larger the better. Um, and of course the the supply of diesels is is very few and far between the number of cars that are now being sold with diesel engines is dwindling all the time and a lot of people are being told that they've got to shift into an electric car to tow their big caravans and you know the job to to convert these people is absolutely extraordinary so i mean de- dealers are going to have a very tough <laughs> ask on that you know they, it's it's they've got to they're going to have a tough job in converting a lot of people into buying an electric car if they tow a caravan in the next few years
2: so absolutely and it it does serve to highlight doesn't it just what a challenging what a tough job sometimes that our our sales colleagues do have making sure that they're selling the right product for the customer that suits them and it is it just it really serves to highlight just how much there is now out there in terms of choice And, and we have to try and get that right for the customer and ourselves don't we so it's just really i'm really pleased to hear that on that part, you know we did a great job for that customer it's mm-hmm. very pleasing thank you so yeah, yeah you're right that's after that's this good. podcast we need to know where you were yeah oh well
0: um shall i do my next story
2: please do yeah
0: um so i'm gonna go with um the news that volkswagen is set to take over europe car is it europe car I wrote this earlier and thought, how do you actually pronounce this?
1: I think it's Europe Yeah,
0: I don't know. I just, all of a sudden was like, my brain doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting, quite a big deal. Um, but interesting that Volkswagen are moving more into mobility. Um, they've been making kind of a lot of interesting moves, lots of partnerships with um, kind of a charging stations and looking to move more into this area. So I'd love to know what you think, Paul, about what is the future of cars generally
2: uh i still think there's well, cool, that, that's a big big subject we mm-hmm. can do another podcast on it couldn't we? Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> but are we going to see more of this car sharing and um customers not really wanting to own a car anymore
2: i think the ownership model may may change um we're seeing some customers who, who, who like the subscription model but again that i think depends on where you live so if you're in the center of a big city and generally don't use your car during the week but you wish to commute out of the city for the weekend then then the subscription model is is a good place to be um those that live in a more remote area or or, or in the towns who who have a commute on a regular basis and distance, not on a train or public transport zone, then not so sure just yet. Um, But I think as well, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? We've got short memories because when when we looked at COVID and the notion of car sharing, um, people weren't getting in the same train carriage, let alone Mm. wanting to share a car as people. So uh, how long that that Sentiment will last, not so sure. But I, I, I think the car sharing, that has slowed the car sharing um, view down a little bit. Um, but the subscription model, uh, I think is an interesting one that, that we need to keep our eye on. It's clearly not straightforward because somebody, whether that's the OEM or the dealer, has to of course have a suite of product ready, willing and available um, for customers who wish to subscribe and only take cars at weekends, so so you know we've all run daily hire businesses or rental companies or leasing companies. So it isn't isn't that straightforward. You've got to uh, have that asset sat somewhere on somebody's balance sheet. Um, so it's it's it. I think again, it will be part of what we do. I don't think the entire market will shift that way because there are still a significant number of people who love and enjoy that pride and ownership. They work hard to save up, to have the car that they want, the car of their dreams or the family vehicle, um, et cetera. And and it's their pride and joy. And yeah, and, and I think now we see that where people do tend to change every two, three, four years. You know, that has been shortened the trade cycle through trade cycle management. So I still think there's a significant element of the population, you still have that pride of ownership because, it, as I say, it's a big, expensive purchase, and I want mm. what I want, and I want it to be readily and freely available when I want it. So, will that change over the next five to ten years? Probably, but I still think, as I say, there'll be a majority of people that want to keep that ownership. Mm.
0: Um,
1: if I think if Volkswagen can do anything about reducing Europe higher Europe cars uh prices that would be great because i'm going on a holiday <laughs> in two weeks time to italy and i'm um, hiring a vw polo from europe car and it's nearly 700 pounds for four days worth of hire wow and it's apps i know this an explosion of, of holidays i know but it's apps an extraordinary figure really so if they can do anything about that i'll be very very pleased but um i but uh, a more serious point though um all of these things are exorbitantly expensive though aren't they I mean you look at you know a number of manufacturers doing car subscriptions these days and they are very very expensive aren't they and I Mm -hmm. and I I do wonder who these car subscriptions appeal to because obviously people with with lots of cash to throw around but I can understand the models of subscription and etc etc but um the prices of them are so expensive, and um, I think that's one thing that's going to have to be looked at in the next few years. If we are trying to, to um, well, the industry watch what is mobility, isn't it? It's yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's finding the right product, the right service for the customer. But I, I, think, I think we're going to have to look at the pricing models as well, because I think a lot of people are going to be priced out of cars full stop because everything is just so expensive.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but we've we've been providing mobility for 160 years, yeah, and that that has come in various, hasn't it? it, it it's an evolution of transport,
1: yeah, mm. and
2: um, so so th- as you say, there that the buzzword that we mobility. Well, we've been providing that for 160 years as a company. Yeah. So, whether it be a push bike, a motorbike, a motor car, a van, we we do mobility now, don't we? It's that yeah. ownership model. But, uh, that you refer to as well there, that um, um, uh, when, when subscription becomes affordable and we don't have to pay, we only, you know, uh, we, we pay for it when we use it, it's fine. It's, it's having the right thing available that you want and all of that dynamic will then go on, won't it? Mm. For some, it will suit. For me, at the moment, it's in the minority.
0: Yeah. Mm. Do you have any stories left, batch
1: I do have one last one. It's a bit of a bit of a it's a bit of a sad story. Well, a sad story for me because uh, I'm I'm just an old romantic, really. Um, you can just Aww. tell every, everyone's sniggering on the podcast now. Dear, dear <laughs> dear. um it's
0: to hear what it's going to be? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's just I think it's a bit of sad news. It's the Voxel insignia's gone. I off
0: knew now. you were going to say that.
1: Sorry, I know I'm just like a stuck record. How can you of
0: feel couple... romantic about
1: the... Fox. The Voxer Insignia, oh, well, I'll come to that in a second. That's the whole <laughs> irony of all of this. Um, yeah. But um, it's, a, it's a theme that we, we, we had a couple of weeks ago when Sitchin said they're gonna stop selling the big Picasso space tour up thing. And I, I'm just sad about it because it's just, it's, a, it's things like the Insignia and the Mondeo, they're cornerstones of UK car culture for, for decades. And I think with, with them going, and I uh, Paul, I don't know whether you've got any views about the Mondeo going, but I just think it's just a shame, really. It's something that's been part and parcel of everyone's life for for decades. The irony to all of this is that I cannot stand the Vox of Insignia. I mean, I just think <laughs> particularly the car before it, the Vetra, was a hateful thing. Um, but I'm I'm very, I'm very teary-eyed about it because it's just this, this, this onward march of the suv and everyone's buying suvs and they're turning their backs on yeah. on cars which are perfectly suitable you know a saloon car hatchback estate cars they suit a lot of people and yet the marketeers they they've they've convinced people that everybody needs an suv so yeah um i'm very sad about it i don't know if you're sad about it well not particularly the insignia but the the death of the traditional saloon car paul i don't know if whether you well, feel the same or I'm just an old romantic,
2: I don't know. Well, if I, if I could give you a bit of therapy, don't, don't look in the rear view mirror, because it's small. Look through the front windshield, because it's much bigger and more positive and you, see, you can see the future. So I think, yeah, look, you know, you could, you could argue that the, the Cortina um, was, when, when that went, was, was a moment in time to be replaced by a Mondeo that all of a sudden grew a life of its own. And I, I, I think it's part of the evolution yeah. You sometimes see, you know, vehicle nomenclature come back, don't you? Um, look at the current, the the Ford Puma of today is very different to the Ford Puma of ten years ago. But, but um,
1: don't don't get stunted on that, Paul. Don't get. Well, <laughs> look,
2: look look at the Mustang. You know, the, the current Mustang, mm. and then, then you move into a Mackie, and and that was the Mustang of the nineteen sixties. So the, the the nomenclature may return, but I I just think it is part of the evolution um and ugh, embrace it Batch don't fight it <laughs> it's, all right. it's all right Paul I'm going to go and start up
1: on Ford Model T now so let me go and do yeah. that <laughs> yeah
0: oh fantastic yeah. well you already said all the rest of my stories Batch so thanks for that yeah. um I'm all out but now that we're in at the end of our stories Paul who do you think had the best I, I, this is it's
2: impossible this is this is horrible isn't it this yeah. is not fair <laughs> oh you're, you're both saying yeah it's not fair that's fine yeah. gosh well no pressure we'll, we'll forgive you no I, I I'd have to go for the online story
0: that was me for once that you. Never happens.
2: Yeah. I, I just think it's um it's you know as a uh, it's a situation, isn't it, which over the last two years has it, been a theme. It's 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 now here we are as dealers, um, perhaps proving uh, we can cope with uh, lots of market pressures coming at us in lots of different ways. Yep, we can sell online. We absolutely can. And we can sell on site. And beyond that, we then provide all the other services that I've alluded to to make that customer's ownership you know an absolute delight so um I'd, I'd go with that story there becca for you how's that thank you very deserved win I there
0: i was not expecting that at all very
2: but deserved though, win. this has been,
0: it's been a very positive podcast which is nice. and i
1: don't i don't hold grudges paul so don't worry
0: It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> does no. want driving drive in that moke now
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah forget the moke, well, you get the yeah. range rover batch yeah. gets the moke you get the range Rover. Yeah, lovely. That? that's worked out well <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, thank you, Paul, for judging today. Uh, Thank you to Batch for competing. And thank you to everyone who has listened. We will be back again next week with another podcast. So don't forget to subscribe and get a notification when every episode is live. If you want to find out more about any of the stories we've mentioned today, you can click the links in the show notes below, or you can head over to CardDealerMagazine.co.uk and scroll down to the podcast section. Thanks again. And until next time, goodbye.